Ryan, Tony, and Chris We can't guarantee that you're gonna look great. But if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the chinwits. Welcome to the Gymwits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And we are the Gymwits. So every once in a while we do an episode episode like this where we have a fun, cool interview. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, a few headlines that you know, some way relate to our f- philosophy. So the, uh, the first one that I, I want to discuss is... We've never uh, done this. Like we just de- talk about head. I guess so. Oh, we'll, yeah. uh, we've talked about stuff that is sort of in yeah, our. No, you're right. Okay. In our circle of heads. <laughs> okay. Our yeah. head circle. That so, doesn't sound weird. Uh, <laughs> well, look. If you didn't mention it, <laughs> if you never said it, See? no one would even think that. So yeah. <laughs> you're the one who's causing it to be weird. To devolve right away, right off yeah, the bat. The, 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 the instant, instant devolution. Yeah. All right. Nice. I think that's what we have to t- entitle the episode. Instant head devolution. Circle. Head circle. Oh, head it's circle. It's getting worse every time I say it. <laughs> See, I saw that when I so oh, when I when I initially no. said, I saw uh, you pause <laughs> and you're trying to imagine what a head circle is. <laughs> and and you chances are you've probably gone through three or four different iterations of what a head circle is. So I've done my job. <laughs> uh, see, this is the this is the magic right here. <laughs> you we think that. <laughs> yes, the the uh, as the uh the uh the sound of everyone clicking off their, their, yeah, exactly. their broadcast at the same time. <laughs> head circle. <laughs> So, um, right, so the first one is uh, with James Dolan, who is the owner of the the Knicks, who are notoriously one of the worst franchises in the NBA over the last you know, over the last d- decades. They haven't won a championship since the early <laughs> Not even 70s. championship. They just they just have just been terrible. It's been terrible. They have, they were good in the nineties. You take a winning record, that, right? Yeah. They're just yeah, they're just awful, and they've been worked the wrong way. So basically, uh, Dolan, who owns the Knicks and the Rangers, uh, I don't know if he actually owns Madison Square Garden. Do you know if he owns MSG? I think so, I think so but I'm, the whole yeah. garden and, and certainly the rights to the television. So yes, he is he is a billionaire. He's a, a very wealthy and powerful man and an accomplished musician. Yeah, although I don't he's I, I don't know if I would call him a cop. I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah, but he does have a band. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, his fantasy band camp, right? Yeah, pretty much. So I guess when you're uh, you know a billionaire, you can you know do whatever you want right in that in that context. Is he a good musician? I, 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 honestly, I have I'm, no idea. I I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm not going to judge. Maybe yeah. maybe not. I, although for some reason, I, I I just I don't get this. Based on who he is, I can't imagine that he's that great. And now I know that's completely not. You know, it may not be true that you know, but I just get this. Like he seems like a soulless person, so I can't imagine that he's a great musician. So sorry that. No science there, just you know, just my opinion, and I don't even know. I'm just saying based on what you know would, would come to mind. Yeah. So who knows? But he's so he's leaving a he's leaving a game, and a fan shouts at him, "Sell the team!" Which has sort of been you know, not he's not the first person who's told him there. So instead of with his, his security force that follows him around, so instead of just walking. Right into the the back room, you know, walking into the locker room or whatever, not the locker room, but just walking into the stadium, his exit, he engages the fan and starts having like sort of a a verbal confrontation with him. Uh, He threatens the fan that he won't be able to come back to a Knicks game anymore. And he even six security on this guy. I don't know if the guy was escorted out or what happened, but he definitely had a security. Uh, go to the guy, and we don't know what's going to happen with the fan. And it was on TMZ, caused an uproar. And I'm thinking, why the hell would you engage a fan? Well, I mean, it, it, engaging a fan's fine. It's the uh, in that way. It's, it's like it rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah, and he seems like a sort of a narcissist of a person. And so he just couldn't. Like, how how many times do f- celebrities, athletes, famous people have someone say something to them of that nature? And they just walk past them. Yeah. They just brush it. They don't even think about it. But he had to stop and engage this fan. It's just yeah. well, they, and now he's dealing with the fallback. There's one on one level you do want to engage, but you can engage. But it's a different thing to, you know, like it's it, it, look if the fan says something really mean or disparaging or or ins- really insulting. Even if that's I think, 
you walk past. Uh, you're yeah, a public figure. I mean, it depends. Yeah, you're you're a public. Athletes no, no, what, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. Yeah. No, no. Here's what I'm saying is, if let's say let's say he said something racist to a player or something really mean, like you should go kill yourself or something like that, then there is cause to kick the person out. Like you know. Oh, okay, okay, so right. right. So that that's that. There's a there is a limit to where okay. you you don't you lose your privileges to attend that space. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. So, but if he says. You know, but yeah, heckling is part of sports. And as a billionaire owner, or if you're a player, a millionaire player, that's just something you deal with. And if you want to engage a banter, talk trash, fine. But the moment that you you get aggressive, or you get that defensive, or you threaten to kick someone out if they haven't gone to level of harassing, then that that's ridiculous, and it looks bad on you. And and he deserves whatever kind of um, fallout has come because of that. Because it's not you know, it's like that. The, look, this guy is one of the many people spending a ton of money. Let him say something. Let him say what he wants. He's one of the people that are making that's making you wealthy. Yeah, exactly. It just, I, I just find it so ridiculous that some that someone in his position would would do that. Like, like I, I don't know that maybe one. Look, everyone has a bad day or this this or that, but it's like, come on. Yeah, no, no I, I I agree. Um, I think, but in general, that's kind of why I'm not the biggest uh, sports fan. Although I, you know, I, I say that, but then I'm I'm a I, you know I watch tons of movies and TV, and and there's you know because there's a disconnect to me between. Any any athlete or celebrity and people, um, and I see. I guess it's more present to me when you see it in sports because you know the 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 fans are there. Um, but just in general, I think that that kind of celebrity worship um, gets out of hand sometimes. And uh, there, you know, for me that that disconnect where the for the players is kind of like, oh, you guys are nothing. But for the fans, they're 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 just it's their lives. I think that's too much for me. And so for me, for a while, it's just like. Uh, yeah. You know, and I was gonna say outside of like MMA and boxing, now I, you know I kind of stay away. But then it, it, we had another situation with a, an outburst by an MMA fighter as well. Yeah, uh, of course, and it's got to be Conor McGregor. And this happened in Miami, Florida. He was vacationing in Miami, and uh, he was coming out of a club or something at, at five a.m. Something very late. Where oh, oh, one of, it's one of those times where nothing good. If you're out and about, there's very little good that could come out of being, you know, up and out at that time. And you're probably drunk. And a fan went to take a picture, and Conor McGregor slapped the phone out of his hand and smat and st- st- stepped on it, and, like broke the phone, mm. and was uh, was arrested and was charged with it. It's like so. I didn't see it. why. Why did he do it? What was well, he so- just didn't want to be? He didn't want to take a picture, have his picture taken. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird. Was the guy in his face, or was it at a distance? Like, I, I actually don't know. I yeah. should I should check that out. I was reading, but I don't remember whether it was up close. But the fan, I, I, I is there a video of it? Uh, no, I don't believe there's oh. a video of it. But I don't. Um, I, I don't. But I got from what I read. I don't get the sense that the, the fan or the guy was being aggressive at all. He was just taking a picture of a of a of a, of a world famous celebrity. And uh, McGregor wasn't having it, so he smacked the phone out of his hand. He said, "It's like you can't do that." Yeah, you, you know that's uh, you know you. Yeah. So I don't I don't remember. Think for he, he was arrested on cr- criminal mischief and you know uh, you know property damage stuff stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like who, who does he think he is that that he could do that? It's uh, like and, and then I guess well, look if you're a celebrity you don't want to have your picture taken. What's uh, do you just deal with it? Do you just accept? Look, I, I make m- you know millions of dollars. I'm in the public eye. Everyone has a phone and a camera. I just have like, do you see like Connor's side I mean, of it? I'm, I'm, or do you think that you have to show re- once again you have to show restraint? I think I'm sympathetic to the, the kind of plight of the celebrity. I guess where you're you're always in the public eye, and so any there's like freedom. You know, it doesn't really. No, the freedom doesn't exist. Um, but you know, you can't go out. You can't hide. You can't go out without attention. You know, like you're, you're always going to be, you know, conspicuous, and uh, that that sucks. Like that's a, It can't be a good feeling. But on the flip side, like you know, unless you're kind of infamous, or unless you you're you're known for something that you didn't do, or for or for something that you you had no part in, kind of. Um, letting that out to the world like you know i also it's comes to the territory we've known for a very long time that if you're in the public eye you're going to get attention you're going to get people wanting to take your picture especially like someone like connor who like look makes who wants to be in the public eye. i think look it's different if you're if you're sitting having dinner and somebody you know bothers you while you're having dinner i totally get that you know or, or even if you're like you're on a flight or something or you're in an airport and somebody walks up to you i think that's different 
if someone's taking a picture, look, they're taking a picture. I think I, I feel like, look, if you're going to be, you, yeah. you know, you, you can't take the millions of dollars and then go out at a nightclub and not expect people to take your picture. I think that, that you know, there's, there is a line there. And, and again, it's still like, it does come with the territory. And so, you know, privacy doesn't. reaction? To, you know, I mean that's beyond. Like I think you know, at worst, you know, you just kind of put your head down, you walk away, you have you know, you you, you have somebody tell the guy, hey, look, you know, at worst, you say, hey, uh, you know, he's out with his mistress, doesn't want his picture taken, whatever it is. I'm just throwing that. I, I read something about that, <laughs> but like you know, let take that, you know, let's delete that from your phone. Uh, you know, you do that if, if at the worst, but just take it, slap it, smack. And, uh, you know, I, although I you have to be careful saying that because that's what I really ends up yeah. on. TV no, I read something on uh, on the underground. I really shouldn't have said that because I just read something random that was like um, that, and I could be totally wrong about that. That, but um, it, you know, that, that that was what angered him. But you know, what? I should retract that because I have no idea because I read it like third hand on a on a, an MMA forum. So I should shut up about that. But either way, it's like, look, at worst, have the guy t- you know have one of your goons like walk over and tell you know forcefully request that the guy take you know verbally but forcefully request that the guy take the picture off if you really care about it but don't slap the phone you know now you know now he's going to deal with legal issues and and uh he's dealing with enough as it is um although i heard that the other thing was settled i have no idea i read that that actually part of the his agreement was that in a year he couldn't get into trouble again but he actually did but for some reason his lawyer's Got him out of it, and the other case is settled. It's done. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, so it's just sort of the once again the entitlement of, uh, of of people to think that they could just get away with anything they want. But you know what? I mean, but they can. You know. Well, but he he can't. He he'll he can, but he's gonna have to pay for it. This little stunt, whether he cares about the money or not, is gonna cost him a lot of money and aggravation. Right? He's gonna have to pay his lawyers a ton yeah. of money to, you know, fix it. He I don't know if he's gonna have to do any jail time for it, but it's annoying. Yeah. Right for him. So that though, you know, was it really? You know, if he thinks back, was it really worth it to smack the phone out of the guy's hand? No, it's not. But but for the most part, he'll get out of it with a slap on the wrist. Oh yeah, but he's a, you know, it's he's gonna have to pay for it. I mean, it's just, so. they play by a different set of rules. Um, well, speaking of playing by a different set of rules, uh, the sort of the yeah. final thing that uh, you know, I wanted to discuss was the. Uh, and for people like people that are, are international listeners, there are people that are listening. They're like, "Wow, like all this stuff, is, you know, is going on in the states." Well, look, I'm sure things go on everywhere, but yes, you know, we we get the headlines from the states. Uh, you know, at least well, we read, we get some all over the world, but those are the ones that are that are you know sort of pop culture friendly. Mm-hmm. So the last one is for today is. Uh, there are a bunch of Hollywood actors and actresses that have basically paid everyone and anyone to get their kids into very good colleges. So they paid uh, they paid they paid someone to facilitate uh, having someone else take a test. I guess a tease for the well, kids. Yeah. So they uh, uh, like uh, test proctors were paid off. Coaches from certain schools. Uh, for lesser known sports were paid to say that the students that were coming to the uh, the students that were coming to the school were athletes mm-hmm. right in whatever sort of lesser known sport right to help their acceptance into the school and some of the uh, you know they, they, the, they paid a lot of money for their kids to to help to help get them into the school and I think it really rubs people the wrong way because you have um, normal pe- reg- regular people that are struggling to put their kid that can bear you know maybe sometimes can't afford to put their kids into a college right the, the kid might have to go take out loans and go into you know tremendous debt, and then you uh, and then you have these uh, then you have these Hollywood actors that are paying their already privileged children to go to schools. And I remember one actor, uh, the, the the daughter of one actress that that had been paid or helped to get into the school, basically even sent out a tweet saying, "I don't even really you know college isn't even for me. I just want to go for the fun and the parties and whatnot." So. And that 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 annoyed people. It's like, yeah. okay, so you know, your parents have just paid, you know, maybe half a million dollars to, to get you into the school, and that's your tweet. While there are people struggling and kids that would, you know, could really want to go to college that could really use it, and then this happens. Yeah, no, it, it sucks. I mean, it <laughs> it just shows, you know, like people rich pay, play by 
a different set of rules. Because uh, on top of that, right, now people are getting arrested. The FBI is yeah, involved. Good. Well, you know, and, and I hope they deal with they they, they really deal with consequences. Because I think you know, it as it is, if you're wealthy, your your kids are at a significant advantage. Um, it's just because of how competitive these schools are between the the testing and you know, like just think, you know, when we went to school, like we both like took the specialized high school tests, and now like like you know. When maybe when we were in school, like our parents sent us to like a two week course or something to 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 do better on those tests or the SATs. But now they're doing this years in advance, like years in advance they're studying. And so kids who are who come from means have a huge leg up right off the bat um, when it comes to 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 getting into the schools that they want. And so now you have a situation where not only do they have that leg up just legally and, and um, on on the board because they've got more money, but now they're just they're just outright cheating to get in. You know that it's just awful but but you know that that's a part of the issue you know with our you know, just society now that that you know like, like the the you know there, there is this disparity between the haves and the haves not have nots and even the haves and the, and the have not i mean it is the haves and the well, have nots the, and it's the have it's and the like have a the haves, yeah exactly and, and i think if you have you know if you have means like you can really get away with murder and in, in, in yeah pretty country. much and uh we've seen you it. know uh, yeah i you know it's it's a problem and you know, and I'm lucky, like you know, I, it, it, that I grew up where I grew up, and and yeah. had the family. But, but like, you know, people have just so much, so have to work so much harder, um, you know. And uh, but even like, even with these colleges, like legacy admissions, right? Like if you go to like Harvard or Yale or Stanford, in any of these colleges, you know, the legacy admissions. So people whose parents went there, they they get accepted at a much higher rate than average. And why? Same idea. It's just again on the board. So I think it's all an issue that you know, that we, you know, kind of have to have to face and, and admit to. And um, you know, why kind of I, I am where I am and feel the way I feel politically, because I just feel like you know, this thing is this whole system is just rigged um to to help, you know, if you have means and especially if you have a lot, like it, it is so far rigged in, in your favor that we need to kind of pull things back to to you know just give give other people an opportunity give people an opportunity and um yeah it sucks but that's yeah it's interesting that uh, theoretically I, i'm actually could sort of fall into a libertarian idea like i i would not believe in affirmative action if there was an equal playing field yeah. but there is not an equal playing field so that's why i actually i do favor affirmative action because there, there's not an equal playing field. Yeah. What if should we pay? Uh, should there be um, uh, so, uh, social ideas for on economics? Right? Should yeah. the government get involved? Th theoretically, no. If the but, economy could regulate itself by the workforce and the labor, that would right. do the trick. I would be all in favor of that. But we see but that it, that can. it can't happen yeah. it, in reality. No, it doesn't. So no. theoretically, but we've been right. sold some. <laughs> bullshit basically I mean the, like you yeah. look at like the way economics has been taught for a long time like we've really been sold some crap and we still buy into it and people kind of buy into that but really like no this system is is rigged I, you know, this has nothing to do with fitness obviously but but um I'm sure we could find a way to to, to relate it but yeah it's 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 so because yeah theoretically I'm the same way I think you know I, I would say just in theory I'm meritocracy. more libertarian like everybody kind of you, you know I think everyone should have you know opportunities and everybody should kind of start at the same place and then you know if you work hard great if you're talented great but i think we're just in a place where we're you know people like some people are just so far you know ahead that it's not fair and the system as it is isn't working um and yeah like our economic system doesn't work and it, you know it, it the rich get richer and and we seem to but but the i think the way the media t would talk about it, it's like you wouldn't know that there are alternatives, and and not that I'm like I would ever want a purely socialist system, right? But like I do think that we 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 you know capitalism's great, but but there needs to be a, a safety net, and there needs to be a system in place that that is that really allows people to thrive and, and gives people an opportunity, and it doesn't, you know, yeah, in a perfect world we wouldn't need affirmative action, and we wouldn't need um, a really huge social safety net, but unfortunately we we live in a system that that you do need things like that, you do need things in place because if you don't, if you don't, you know, if you don't have that those checks in place, if you de if you do deregulate, we see even with the like with um, 
the you know the whole with the tax you know like the the tax break that the rich got right there yeah. what's the narrative oh trickle down economics you know you you give them the tax break they get all this money and they're going to hire more hire more workers it increases you know increases price uh, you know it increases wages and that's crap like the wages didn't go up what happened they all those companies went and you know went, it went into stock buybacks went back into their own companies you know many are still laying people off like like you know, they're these it doesn't work that way and and you need those red checks because bad actors will act badly and even if most people are, are behave good and most people are well intent intentioned like this just doesn't there are the few that won't and unfortunately the ones that won't often are the ones with power and they're doing whatever they can to maintain their power and so they just screw over the little guy so, so uh and the, and the last thing which i haven't yeah. gotten your uh, opinion on but what do you think of the whole that the whole smollett thing oh you know, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, what he did <laughs> yeah, it's a few weeks now. It's funny how these news cycles change so quickly. And we forgot. We've immediately forgotten about. That. Yeah. I, look, it was dumb. Obviously, I think we we're in a situation where um, you know hate speech and hate crimes are increasing. Right. Like we, we see anti-Semitism is on the rise. We see um, you know racist crimes on the rise. We see kind of bigotry towards uh, gays and lesbians and trans people is on the rise. Um, and a situation like that, what that really, what's frustrating is it allows the people you know it, you know you have so you're gonna have some people who are kind of like who are like I would say honestly they think they honestly. They're they're earnest in that they think that it's not as bad as like let's say we say or I say you know things are so and then you have some that are just bad actors and they just kind of they 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 don't care and so what happens is um, it's kind of like um, God I'm getting on this tangent but so um, the, the example I have is like with with um, like Me Too right so you have like um, the, the if you look at the statistics like and I'm gonna butcher the num not butcher it too much but let's say of for a hundred rapes um, you know or or you know, hundred sexual assaults. Um, for every hundred, there's going to be, let's say, one out of that hundred. Pretty much one. That's the one that, out that of that, right? Okay, so so one out of that one out of that hundred is a is a false accusation, yes, right? Yes. And then and then also out of that hundred, a significant amount just goes unreported, right? So let's so so what happens is the people will will focus in on the one that's the one that's that's false. They they focus on that and just take use that so much that it, it gets magnified and all of a sudden you start thinking oh well what about all the false accusations and it's a situation where where people then um, and I know a couple who they're more concerned with those the really really minuscule percentage of false accusations and it might even be less than one percent but but, the, the, but whatever it is it's minuscule it's compared very, very to the amount that are real yeah. and they may they they outweigh that and so the, in the case of Smollett what really sucks about that is that. It got a ton of attention as a real hate crime, right? And then it comes out that he made it up. So what happens is the narrative then changes to look like, what are we going to do? What about all these false accusations? And then, then you know, the media can then picks up on a couple of other false accusations. And again, yeah, sure, false accusations happen all the time with different things. But on a on the, if you look at it, if you scale it, then the real thing happens far more often, and the real thing is the real issue. So I think what really bothers me about that is that you know as a person he's a person of color and he's gay you know he he sets things back because you really you yeah. know when you're fighting against um kind of people who who often are want are trying to be disingenuous and are often for me to me against you know are on the wrong side you give them ammo here's a live ammunition for them to throw it at, at, at the other side saying look at this false accusation look at this this is what happens and so it changes the narrative from like you know what's really going on to yep. that and that's what i think really is is the harm that's so, done so question, in a do you think he'll ever like work that? again in hollywood sure he'll work i, I mean think so yeah of course i mean this is in fact he probably you know at the end of the day I, he, he i mean look he, he's i think the other the other thing that bugs me a little bit is like you know you got a situation like manafort who who was you know yeah. um i we're mean going, we're going we're going there. look look we're going there look you get a situation where like he got four years for something that they recommended, like twenty years, yeah, and he yeah. did some horrible stuff. So yeah. you had a situation like that where sure. where he gets a lenient sentence, and they're like throwing the book at him. No, no, look, he did something bad, and he deserves to be, um, he deserves to be prosecuted, and he just probably deserves some, you know, jail time, and and it was not a good thing, right? He deserves it, but I think if you weigh it, like we again, we live in a system where. Certain people get more consequences for their act. You'll get a guy that sold some weed um, in a parking lot, and he's going to get ten to 
10 to 20 years and then you get some guy like you know who commits financial crimes and doesn't get anything you get situation like with the with the recent you know with the 2008 crash where nobody went to jail for 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 yeah. any of that and so it's like you know i think again it's weighed in the wrong favor for a lot of things so yeah i mean yeah we could get, we've probably gone you know gone in and and I think it's funny because we talk a lot about how we, we stay away from politics. We try to, but I, I've gotten. I don't more. think we, we haven't made it too. We don't, but, but like, I think I've also gotten to the point where, look, you know, it, it, uh, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm gonna, I, you know, my opinion is my opinion, and and that's it. And I'm, you know, I, I have friends that don't agree with me, and we get into kind of healthy debates about stuff. And if you can kind of honestly debate this stuff, great. And if you can't, then too bad. And. uh you know, we'll, we'll we'll do a little kind of trigger warning at the head of uh, this podcast, so if you let people know, like, hey, yeah. it's a little political st- talk, but you know, I like to think I'm reasonable um, w- with a lot of this stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, when you were mentioning about the whole jail thing, I'm, I was looking up his name, trying to remember his name. His name is uh, Aaron Schwartz, and he was a brilliant, brilliant man. He created uh, Reddit and a, a whole slew of other um, projects. He's actually amazing. He was a young man, and he uh, he fought for lots of, of, of rights to information, and he basically changed mm-hmm. Congress. He was a, maybe you guys don't know about him, but there's a, it, there's a couple documentaries made about him. He was a brilliant, brilliant person, mm-hmm. and he download, uh, he believed in freedom of information. He didn't want to, right, he, he didn't want to it wasn't like he was anti-writers and copyright, like, but he just believed in, in the flow of information and that, that that's how you can help to you know, cure cancer, come up with you know, you know, better medications, uh, better machine, you know, better computer, better machines, right? Stuff like that. He believed in the, the flow of information mm-hmm. and he was able to get that to happen. And basically, the, um, I remember the CIA or the FBI, probably the FBI, um, they 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 um, went after him, and the, you know he was federal. Basically, he was down. He was stealing literary uh, like um, journals and stuff online from from a college, MIT or something like that. He was basically downloading them with, without really paying for them or something like that. You know, downloading them illegally, right? A download of a of a literary of a journal, mm-hmm. right? And they basically were going to throw him in jail. They they threatened to throw him in jail for like thirty five years for that. <laughs> for downloading literary journals. And it's meanwhile, people, you know, murderers get off in less time than that. And so he wound up uh, killing himself. And, w- and the world lost a, a, a person yeah. who could have done so much because they needed to make an example of this one kid for But don't just say reason. murder. It's, it's like just, rich murderers get, you know. Yeah. Like there's, there's I, definitely I a class that. thing. Like where we're oh, often, yeah, rich murderers, yeah. But I, I, like any murder, I, there's murderers that have gotten, that have spent 20 years in jail have gotten off. That's less than 35 years. Yeah. Eight years in jail and have gotten off, right, for whatever reason. So yeah, no, certainly the people that are rich have a, have a better chance. Yeah. But um, it's it just, you know, they wanted to make an example. So I just, that just reminded me of yeah. what you were saying. The, uh, the, the, the the uh, the ludicrous nature of uh, you know how how we you know prosecute don't get us started on the whole prison system that's a yeah. you know, luckily that's a, oh yeah that, that's another headline about that which was a Law and Order yeah. SVU episode about the judge that um, took bribes to to put kids yeah. in the juvenile detention center by the thing right I think that just got settled yeah or, or I think just, so or, but but no I mean that, that that's a whole other issue. Yeah, we yeah. could go we you, could we could talk about this sort of stuff we could go along let's yeah let's let's uh quit while we're ahead we're uh we're we're uh crusaders yeah, for exactly. justice yeah exactly um all right well uh we got an interview <laughs> imagine being uh, being on the uh on the front end of uh or on the back end of the of this rant uh hopefully hopefully dom is okay with it, with it, it would have been interesting to talk to him about some of some of this uh, <laughs> anyway um Yes, we had an interview with Dom Jackson. He's a fitness trainer, somebody who's got some great ideas. Uh, we had a really fun chat. We were on his podcast uh, a while back and uh, had a fun interview with Dom. So without further ado, um, here's our interview with Dom Jackson. Hey, everyone. We are here with fellow podcaster and personal trainer Dom Jackson. What's going on, man? How's everything? Fellas, thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Absolutely. Now, if you guys are really up to date, oh, wait, have we released the interview yet? What interview? So, well, recently we were on on Dom's podcast. Yeah. So, so have, right, have we released that one yet? Has that one gone out? Well, that's Dom's podcast. It's not us. So, oh, yeah, we, right. yeah, it's out. So, <laughs> I can send you guys the files, though, yeah. if you want to release it on yours, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, and... Um, have, you, have you released that one yet? Yeah, so, it's been so out. Yeah. It's been out so, for, like, 
couple weeks. Oh, yeah, just. Oh, that's right. Because you sent it. You sent the text. Yeah. So that's how discombobulated I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I knew you were doing to you. Yeah. Me, he's like, are you crazy? That's right. Yeah. We need to talk about releasing. Oh, we could. Do that if, so well, no, no I, I'd rather send like so. Um, well, like while we're at it, what's the name of your podcast? Um, so my podcast is my podcast is called the Fitness Fundamentals Podcast. Awesome, cool. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit because I'd love to get uh, any kind of fellow podcasters. I kind of want to know what got you, what made you start, how you got into it, um, and your kind of experience. But we'll get to that a little bit later. But with any guest, kind of the first thing we want to know, um, kind of be before your kind of fitness career professional career um were you an athlete growing up like what were you into sports kind of give us a little bit of your own kind of personal exercise sports fitness background oh, this is this is good so um uh as a child i was uh i didn't i was kind of like a i was like a nerdier kid growing up with another one being a nerd but like you know like a lot of video games kind of stayed inside and um and i lived i grew up in the bronx in new york and I moved to uh, South Jersey in 2007 because I was getting in trouble in, in the city. And um, I, going out there, like, I didn't really know too many people. And, like, one of my good friends coming into there was like, yo, man, you should try out for the football team because we're going to do it. And I uh, went to high school, like, never playing a sport in my entire life, you know. Like, even when I played basketball at the park, I kind of, like, kind of just BS the whole time. But uh, I went there and I went to go play. That's my first time I ever doing anything really active. And I went there and played football on the football team. And, you know, I was about as good as you can be as the first time playing anything your entire life. A big walking ball of uncoordination and mischievous. But I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, just learning. The, the one thing I really enjoyed about being part of the, uh, joining that team was learning about, like, the camaraderie and, like, the brotherhood of being part of a team. Uh, you know, having people encourage you and push you and things. So me as an athlete was com complete shit. Like, no one's like no one was looking at me. The fact that I'm even a trainer now is actually hilarious because like, if you want to just think about the most uncoordinated person, you know, I, I basically fit that description. Actually, that's uh, Justin's pretty close to that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> actually, growing up, he was always like he could do things well. He just looked terrible doing it. Like was he was a good. We played baseball growing up. He he could hit. He was like the best hitter on our team, like in little league. But he just looked awful doing it. You know, it was like the a good defensive player, but just looked bad doing it. So. Yeah, Justin, I definitely feel you on that part. Like on a, on all types of levels, I feel you on that, dude. But um, yeah, you know, I, um, that is when I learned about like the training wise and sports, and that's when I actually started lifting. And it was lifting that kind of got me into the process of becoming more active and caring about my health. Um, you know, back then it was bench every single day. Like, how much do you bench? Can you bench this? Can you bench that? It was bench, 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 bench. But as you know, I matured. I learned there's more important things than just how big your chest is and how much weight you're putting up. But that's basically my high school was where my high school football team was where my like fitness, hurrah, inspiration, passion came from. Yeah, oftentimes you need something like that. For me, we, Ryan and I started. Well, we always played a lot of sports. I was never, as always, never very good at it, and um, I, I was never very, I was never very good at it. But you know, I did it for fun. When I joined the wrestling team in high school, that's when I, I started really getting and understanding fitness rather. Ryan and I were, were going to the gym at some point, but what, as, as you mentioned, it was all about, you know, how much can I, how much can we live, how much can we spend, how much can we do this? <laughs> like, and I guess that, that, that you need that to get started, but you, you start when, especially when you get into more fitness and athletics, that, that's not everything. Now, what, what about it was, like, where did the passion come from? Um, was it the actual act of exercising? Was it how you looked afterwards like what kept you going let's say after high school and after football um a couple different things i guess uh well obviously you know coming in the the feeling of getting in better shape always feels good you know seeing you can progress from this stage to the next stage i've got this much more weight on or i did this much faster like the the self-growth in it is just, it's amazing but then like you know you're in high school and you're like right, i'm getting bigger i'm getting more attention from girls you know i gotta i i'm not gonna stop this and um, so from from the from the the health benefits to just like the aesthetics to the feeling of being feeling better overall, like confidence wise was definitely like a big factor for me. And I met like most of my my best closest and best friends are people that I ended up working out with or worked out with continuously. And it was actually like within that stage between um, like that graduating high school 
uh, stage. I didn't I didn't have a gym membership. And um, after that, a good friend of mine got me into like the calisthenics workouts, so like the like the bar star bar stars, uh, bartenders kind of workouts, like the park workout kind of things, all pull ups, muscle ups, handstands, and the, all that all that stuff. That um that's where like that was that's like the next level that really took me into becoming more of a more of a trainer because me and my uh, my good friend Greg we started this uh, it was like a I guess a workout group and we called ourselves Free Body Fitness because we were here to free free you from your excuses because we were working out at a park and we worked we were there to work out ourselves but we invited people that were with us so like anyone we knew you want to come work out come work with us come come work out with us for free at the park and we'll just do our thing and we were just having fun it was like all of us getting people that we graduated with to work out together. And that was like, I guess the when I knew like it was a passion point, cause like I was just doing this, just like I was just doing this to have fun after work or before work. And it kind of just stuck from there. Yeah. So now how did you get into fitness as a career? Like where did you make that, that jump or that transition? Well, um, well, while we had the free body thing at the park, people kept asking me questions like, how do I do this? Or what's this? How do this? And there, you know, there's so many different things that, um, that when you're put in that position as it just being a passion, you don't really think about it from someone that can't do it. So to learn from me, from it being just me learning to do it for myself, to be able to teach it to someone else, I was like, all right, I'm gonna need some kind of training certification or something to help me figure out the next step. And that's why I went to NASM to get my uh, personal training certification to NASM. So I, I guess that that brings us into the, the next sort of natural Know, progression of the of this line of, of discussion is where what do you see as the value in a trainer especially today where you have so many online resources you have like these online trainers now you see these uh, pieces of fitness equipment being advertised that you that that link you right into a class that's going on and all of these you know these apps and these programs do you Where's the value in still having that, that trainer, you know, face-to-face? Or maybe even if it's just someone who, even if you're working online with someone, knowing someone personally. I believe that, um, that's a good question. Um, I think one of the biggest things that, uh, well, basically, so just to bring things back full circle, um, my podcast is based off taking the fear out of fitness, and the reason that like it's based off that is because after being around people that with different levels of fitness, training them as a trainer or training them, or working out with people as a friend, I just learned that people have a lot of uh, fear and like stigma towards fitness that isn't necessarily doesn't always make sense. You know, they could have been the, the the fat kid in school or got kicked out of gym class one day, and they always have that fear associated with fitness, regardless. Like no matter how what stage they are in their life. How like whatever fitness approached them at that certain point in their life gave them a bad feeling with it forever. And I think as a trainer, having having that like physical personal trainer with you or you know, that coach or whatever that person is, having a, another human being be that like that bridge between fitness being the worst thing of all time and fitness being something that like is going to help you with your life, whether it be is for for actual health reasons or for stress or for just for fun like having a person represent that bridge that that person you crossing to the other side with i think it's a humongous impact and that's like the biggest thing i love about being doing what i do that answer your question yeah yeah i'm I'm curious what if um you always like to hear things like this what if some of your clients said to you about about bridging that you know that or bridging that gap getting rid of the Okay, um, so most of my clientele, I, I'm a, a general population trainer. So everyone who I typically train is someone that is, they're, they're, they're still like a person like you and me. So they're not paid to be active as opposed, to, as opposed to an athlete or such and such. So they're coming in from their job or they're in college or whatever it is that they're trained. Whatever they're going to do, fitness is not does not have to be in their life, but they want to get healthier or they want to look good for a wedding or whatever their reason is. So a lot of times people that come see me have never worked out before, never been active before. They've just been, they came from the couch, something happened. They saw a thing on Instagram. I need a trainer. They came in. I met them. We sat and talked. We're doing the thing. 
Um, so a lot of times, just when I, my very first, um, uh, like gym I worked at, I, um, I had a lot of clients come in that would not do anything but cardio when they came into the gym. Like the way, the way most gyms are set up, the way my gym was set up is that on the far uh, left side of the gym was all the cardio machines, ellipticals, treadmills, all that stuff. And the other side was like the barbells, the free weights, the, the uh, other machine machines. So I had a whole section of people that would not leave that cardio machine, that cardio side of the gym when they came into the gym without, without either being with me or without, they just wouldn't do it. Like you would have the whole, if you had, if you held a gun to their head, I don't think they would go to the other side of the gym. Yes. So much gym intimidation. Exactly. And, you know, at first starting off with me bringing them out there. Okay. You can do this. You can do that. You can do this. All right. You know, they're like, all right, cool. Like with you, I'm cool. Like I feel good. I got this. But then I was like, all right, I want you to do this workout on your own today. Cause like, I'm not training you today. So it's your day off, but I want you to go do something else in the gym that will follow the rest of your program. And they'll tell me, ah, I went to the gym, I got scared, I couldn't do it. The big guys were there, or the beautiful chicks were there, you know, this, whoever that gym intimidation person is, is there getting in their way. And, and it's funny because from my experience, like the, 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 the big dudes at the gym, right, that you want to see people working out, right? I've had, I've, I don't think I have ever had an experience where there was, maybe, maybe there was one guy that annoyed me once, uh, I'll, I'll quickly tell that story. But it, for the for the most part, the, the big people, at the, the big guys at the gym, they encourage new lifters to come in. They want to they see do. that. The one time that annoyed me is that Ryan and I were doing fairly heavy squats, and we were maybe seventeen at the time, and we were using the uh, and, and we were using the um, the, the sponge thingy. The uh, and there was this yeah. one guy. This was way back at a Dolphin Fitness, and this one guy's like, "Oh, that's for pussies," and I'm like, "You know what?" You couldn't even come close to hanging with with you know a, a, a fraction of a wrestling workout. So don't you know you're, you're talking right now, right? You couldn't hang for more than you know ten minutes. So <laughs> just just shut your mouth right now. I don't you know I'm still learning the technique and it's better this way. So that that annoyed me, but that was really the only time I ever had anything like that happen. So well, it's, I, I always just found that weird. I I do too, and that's one of the things that like. Oftentimes, the people that I'm discovering just through my job is that people, like most of the time, even when you're like when, when we go out, you guys when you guys go to the gym now to work out, you know, most of the time you're not even worried about anybody else. You're just worried about the, what you want to work and what machine is free or what weight is free, and you're trying to do your own thing. Half the time when you're in the gym, most people in there are just doing their own thing. Like they don't give a crap about anyone else. It's probably the most like I really don't give a fuck about you place in general. But people that don't know, don't don't never been to the other side, don't think about it. They're so in their own head. They're like, oh my god, everyone's looking at me. Everyone cares about what I'm doing. If I make one mistake, the entire gym's going to laugh at me and point at me and tell me to leave and tell me I'm a fat loser. Like that's 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 the story that that I've gotten from people in their head. And it's just so it's so uh, interesting to me that like there can be so much like there's that you have so much control over what or how. Or how you have so much control of how you perceive things because most like I've been in the same spot that like I've seen my clients have when I like watch them from afar in the gym and they still have that, that frantic scared mindset. But as they condition themselves to come in there more and more, they end up being better and more confident. Actually, I have a story. I have a great story of someone who actually went through this process with me. So I had this client. She, um, she was a, she was, she was relatively, she was like a skinnier girl. She, um, she was trying to get a bigger butt, you know, she was trying to look good for the gram. And, um, so she wasn't like, she was like ridiculously overweight or anything. Like, so you would, if you looked at her, you wouldn't think like, oh, this person shouldn't be in the gym. Cause you know, they wouldn't, like she would, wouldn't be the first person someone would attack for their physical appearance. And, uh, but she was still t- terrified of the gym cause she didn't know what to do. She was scared of being judged. She was like, you know, whatever other gym fear she had. So when she went on the floor with me, obviously, you know, we worked out together and like she had no problem with me. So the way I did, I like I so the cardio spot was the spot everyone went to. And I segmented the rest of the gym to her in like little different regions, like four different regions. So there was like the dumbbell region, there was the the ad mat region, 
there was like the barbell section in the back. And I told her, all right, so out of these three regions, since you are so terrified of the whole gym, I don't want you to go in the whole gym. I'm, I don't even want you to even think about the whole gym. We're going to take this small step by step. So first day, first day, just do cardio by yourself. Go to the cardio deck. All right, cool. She did that for two weeks, was cool in the cardio section, wasn't scary to her. Next, the next section was like where the ab stuff was. So go to the ab mat, you know, just go stretch, do your thing, whatever, zen out, yoga, play some music. Don't worry about anyone else. Just get used to being in that space. And following that same progression of just going to different spots throughout the gym and then just repeatedly going there, habitually going there, and then just doing things that she already knew how to do, eventually got her the confidence to go there and work out on her own. So then she could actually do her full program. And like that whole mental aspect of just trying to get you in the game, just to get you in there is such a, it's such a, a, like an interesting concept, but like the, 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 the steps of getting that gym intimidation broken down into like little things definitely helps people out a lot. So I guess this might, some of what you answered already might tie in, but kind of what's your own like fitness philosophy? Like how do you just like kind of, how do you think about approaching, I guess, fitness with, with clients? Like what's the, what's the mindset you take with anybody and how do you kind of take us through your approach with a new client? Um, so I have to definitely, I always have to rate like someone's mental state first. Cause some people come in and like, like I said, people are scared or people come in that are already ready to work. If you come in, like you already go to the gym, you're already consistently working out. You just need like structure. Then I'm like, all right, cool. Then we can go from, all right, how do we want it? So I'm big on mobility. Like if you already came, if you already, if you, if you come in with, um, with the right mindset, you you can just work. Like you can just come and just get your exercise in. All you need me to do is give you the program. Then I'm in. So you, I'll do like the mobility first. I assess. Um, I do like the overhead squat assessment and some of the other squat assessments to see where your uh, movement compensations patterns are. So let's say like if you're doing a squat and knees buckle in, I'll give you more work to do to like engage your glutes more or strengthen your adductors so that when you have so you have proper form based on what you're doing throughout your like daily life. So. I also consider what you're uh, like career-wise what you do. So people that work desk jobs or people that stand a lot, um, I make sure they have like corrective exercises they do before they train with me, just so that all the um, constant strain they're putting on their self through their their career, it will be it will be lessened by training with me. So like I fix corrective stuff in the beginning. After that, um, you know, compound exercises. If they're ready for that, depending on who they are. So like your back squat, deadlift, bench press, overhead press. If they're at that level. If not, um, I'll do some kind of dumbbell uh, regression of it. So like goblet squat, uh, goblet deadlift. Same same concept over and over again. Um, and then I guess it all it it all goes on a person to person basis. What um how how would you like me to answer this question? But I'm trying to think of how what are the ways I can specify? Because I do kind of person-to-person basis, yeah. but everything I do, like, I... That's what it always comes down yeah. to. Like, Ryan, like, what? Like, every time someone writes in or asks a question, it's always like, well, <laughs> you general yeah. but it's always... Yeah. No, that, that, that answers it. Now, I guess my question for you then, um, how, oh, often, uh, as, as I'm sure you've seen, you know, clients kind of their goals are often misaligned with reality. So how do you deal with that? Like, how do you, if you have a client that kind of has a goal that you're like, okay, knowing your lifestyle, knowing your work situation, knowing just from experience, this is probably not the right goal. What's your approach? Do, do you try to realign the goal? Do you try to reset the goals? Do you try to, you just go with it and let, you know, like, how do you approach that when you have somebody who's got kind of just misaligned goals with, with, you know, yeah, their expectations and reality are just not, near the same place yeah this is definitely a, a very big thing a very big issue with a lot of people people that i train because they just don't know when they come into it um so when that first like initial assessment comes in of me like getting to know you and see who you are um i i try to make sure i try to educate you as much as possible because my clients my like goal for you training with me is you not train me forever like, I want you to train with me because, you know, like, I'm me. I don't know who else is out there. If you're going to come to a trainer, you should come to me because, like, I know I got your back. But um, 
then I have to see. I'm thinking I'm in the process of making up like a like a rating system for people that come in with me just so I can have a little more standardized. But I definitely would base it off um, what their goal is. So are they trying to lose body fat? Are they trying to gain muscle? Then um, what their time frame is. So like if you're trying to get ready for a wedding, which is like a wedding in three months, wedding in a year, wedding in this many weeks. And then it's like um, their current set of habits. So what are you doing? What are you doing for, for your life daily? What activities are you doing? Then like when you're eating, what time frame you're eating at? Um, are you smoking? Are you drinking? Like, where's your, what are your vices? What things do you do that like will won't help our help with our progress? From there, I um, if someone so let's say someone comes in and she's like, you know, I'm trying to get ready for a wedding. I have 12 weeks. Um, I'm already tracking on my fitness pal, and like I can, I've worked out a couple times, but I just need more help. Then I'm like, all right, cool. This is someone who's relatively easy. I can just kind of, I can just train you. That's going to be it because you're already tracking your food. So I can tell you, okay, well, we can go about this, you know, eating, upping your water intake, eating more lean protein, eating, you know, uh, more micronutrient-dense foods. Um, we're going to do this many exercises. We're going to do this many times a week. Um, or someone else can come in and be like, I never did anything in my entire life. Um, someone else will come in and be like, I never worked out in my entire life. I drink three liters of soda every day. You know, I sit at a desk job and I'm, I can't even feel my toes. That person's totally different. So I have to work, think about, okay, how can we cut back on the soda? How can we swap that soda? Can we turn three bottles to two bottles? Can we work on doing things, little things throughout the house? For instance, um, I try to give my my clients that don't have a gym to go to like homework so if your plank is something that you're not strong at currently then i'm having you do planks for homework twice a week twice or three times a week depending on what your schedule is like just to do that um if your squat's an issue every time you sit on a chair or sit sit on a chair or uh like go to the bathroom i want you doing five squats onto the chair just to practice that hinging the hip motion and standing back up. Um, there's definitely a lot of different ways I I approach it. I'm trying to figure out how to give like the most practical stuff that's still very um, no, that's not too specific, idea. but it's a, it's a yeah. great idea. It's like um, yeah, when you're you know when you're gonna go take a deuce, do a do a couple of, <laughs> a bunch of squats, right? Yeah, like or do it properly, right? It's because you know everyone's got to do it, so, <laughs> and it, it, it'll, you'll think about it every time and. Those little things add up for sure. They do. It's a great idea. I, so I'm, I'm wondering something. How do you deal with what I call uh, phase number B? So, <laughs> uh, phase number B is the inevitable for most uh, most people working out, uh, you know, especially with the trainer or, or on their own. And it's when the honeymoon's over. Basically, they're real. They can be. They're really into their their workouts. And they lift and they they you know they really go for it. And then after a month or two or whatever it is, they're like, oh wait a minute, now my initial, uh, you know, maybe I'm plateauing or my initial, uh, you know, uh, off these awesome effects have worn off, and now it turns into work, and it's not just fun anymore. So how do you help clients deal with that phase? Oh yeah, this this is a us uh, a great uh great question because phase B is definitely a huge thing. Um, so I'll give a couple examples because it's still like very person to person basis. But uh, for some people, some people like it's it depends on the person's goals and the person's uh attitude. Like I have some people that are like, I got what I wanted. I don't. The wedding came. Like I'm good. So it's just like, it's just about maintenance at that point. All right, so we'll just keep things the same. And then, so it's better for me to keep you on the same track as you are right now. And then just have life throw little things along the way and kind of see how you adapt to that. That's like one way of doing it. Other people, um, I also have done some, some Spartan races. So I'll try to encourage them to do something 
along those lines. All right, have you tried uh, a marathon? Maybe you like powerlifting. Maybe you like this. Maybe you like, yes, up the intensity. Um, other ones, um, I would, sometimes if people have uh, similar like fitness levels and similar attitudes, I'll bring someone else that I train, train with them. So like I'll add like a new friend, uh, like relationship building process with them. Um, sometimes the people just leave me and they're like, all right, like I got what I wanted, I'm out. So that, that happens too. But phase B is definitely, takes a little more creativity to get that person to change. But as long as, um, but yeah, it's usually like intensity or like a whole new set of goals is completely different from what you were doing before. Um, or like just let you keep doing what you're doing and then eventually something will come that'll make you want to change it. But all that kind of comes back to that initial part of building that relationship with that person so that they feel that you can map what's best for them. Because, you know, your health is like a big thing for you to just trust with some random dude. Like, I'm a great guy, but, you know. <laughs> that answer your question? Yeah. So now, so tell us about the podcast. Like, are you, what made you decide, um, I'm going to start a podcast? Like, are you a big listener? Are you a, uh, is this just something you kind of thought you, you got to do? You got to get that out? Like, what kind of, what was the impetus to kind of get, get going with the podcast? Um, a couple of different things. I'm a, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. Um, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe Budden's podcast. Like I listen to a lot of other podcasts that aren't even fitness ones. Like, what, what, um, what would you say your top five podcasts? Oh, out of this, this is tough. <laughs> oh man. Uh, or if not, what are the five that come to, come to mind? Like when you're thinking, like, what are my favorite podcasts? I'm trying to think right now. Okay. I'm like this because I listen to a good amount of them. Um, I listen to Strength Coach sometimes. Uh, I like uh, Mike Rose, The Way I Heard It. Um, I definitely like Joe Rogan's. Um, Gary V. Audio Experience, like I said. I love the Joe Button, Joe Button podcast. It's for sheer entertainment. Um, I like you guys' podcast, too. Uh, oh, yeah, you guys. Well, obviously, you guys. But like, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, know, I didn't know if you guys want me brown nose just yet. <laughs> Um, damn, that's, that's tough. All right, well, anyway, like, it's, there's, I, I listened to enough podcasts, and I was like, wow, this is fun, like, this seems like something I could do. Yeah. Um, ironically, like, I wanted to start in January 2018, but I just bullshitted, didn't start until September 2018. I didn't have a good reason not to do it either, just like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, and, you know, the same way New Year, New Me kicks in, yeah. but... The good news is that I'm glad I actually did it. Yeah. What's your um, experience been so far? Like, what do you, what, anything, having done it for a few months, are there things that you would have done differently? Are there things that, like, what have you learned? Or, yeah, just kind of what comes to mind as far as, like, you know, being a, being a kind of new podcaster and getting into this crazy world? Well, the, um, the process itself of podcasting was very interesting to me because I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of stress in my head of wondering what to push out and what kind of content to make. For instance, did I want to have it be me by myself? Did I want to interview people? Did I want to have like a co-host, not co-host? And a lot of these factors kind of kept me in my head as opposed to taking action, which just to bring things back full circle, like I was afraid to leave that next part of the gym because like there was so many things holding me back in my own head. And once I got past it, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. I just kind of just started doing things and just seeing what stuck and what I liked. And within that time period, um, just figuring out how to ask good questions, like the process of interviewing someone, um, then like the process of figuring out people to interview, the scheduling aspect of it, um, then like trying to figure out who I want and then like who I don't want. Because for a while, I was like, I was ready to be like rapid fire. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Like, anyone can get on here. But I started to think about that. And I was like, what this podcast is about and what I want to have it be, uh, like, privy to. I don't want just anyone on here, you know. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not trying to think too heavily about it either. Because, like, I'm the end, I'm the end, like, toll booth. So, if something, I don't like something, it just doesn't have to go out. Um. 
I also really enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing it. I'm also enjoying like learning from other people. So just the, and the fact that someone who uh, like I, that I know personally is like, wow, you want me on your podcast? Like that feeling of being like, you think highly enough of me to put me on your show. It's like a, it's good to be able to give that feeling to someone that you know and that you respect. So that, that overall like journey of that, plus the whole entire side of figuring out how to do all that audio shit is fucking terrible. I can, I can curse, right? <laughs> like that was, that was tedious, figuring out how to edit and like doing the voices. And then like, I use Audacity, which is a, a free program, but even that, that, that took some, took some work. Like my just thinking about it, it gets me all flared up. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, have you had to deal with a, uh, a guest yet that was that either was speaking like complete nonsense or something not based on science or just or have you have you had to deal with that yet? Because we had to, and it's funny because Ryan and Antonia, our other co-host, is is so nice that they have to sort of like they have to contradict people very very carefully the way they, they do it because they don't want to come off sounding too abrasive. Now me, I will just straight up tell them that they're you know that they're bull, <laughs> right? But Ryan just doesn't approach that. Well, I think there was one there there was we had a couple. There was a couple yeah. that I once saw Ryan get his feathers ruffled like a little bit. Yeah. Like, as much as Ryan will ever get his feathers ruffled. <laughs> so you know it was uh, have you have you dealt with that yet? I haven't. I'm actually only I think I'm like fifteen episodes in. Okay. So I haven't dealt with that yet, but you warned me of that on on, on our interview. So yeah. like I'm I'm like getting ready for it, yeah. and that goes that goes back to the whole like fire hose thing of like trying to tune it down some. So I'm hoping that I can like mitigate that as much as possible, but it's going to happen regardless. Sometimes you don't want to mitigate it, right? Sometimes you, yeah. you want a little controversy, you, you know, want a little back. Yeah, back. I think we've been on both ends. Like there are times where maybe we allow people to get away with saying a little too much, and then there are times where you. But, you know, at the same time, I think the challenge with fitness sometimes is if somebody kind of um, says they're like, you know, look, I'm not an expert in anything. I've been doing fitness for a long time. So I kind of like I'm a jack of all trades, a little bit of everything. But like I'm no expert in any one thing. So if somebody comes on and they kind of throw around some jargon and maybe use some pseudoscience here and there, but and, and you're not confident in your ability to contradict them, it can become a challenge because you, you want to challenge. I mean, you know what they're saying is B.S., but you don't quite have all the information and it's, you're interviewing them. So it's not like you can just go on and start researching stuff. And that becomes a bit of a challenge too, is like trying to, when you know, kind of intuitively, you know it, but you, you know that you, they've heard it and they're going to have a response and you don't have the time to really. And then on the flip side, you don't want to have something heavily researched knowing that they're going to say something. So it sounds like you're trapping them. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this is give and take. Yeah. But it's, but it's fun. It's fun. I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll keep on enjoying it. So, uh, Dom, where can everyone find you? Tell us where we can find the podcast, find you personally. What's the best way to reach you? So, um, my uh, tell us about you... your move as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, so I'm in the process of well, like literally, like in three days of. I currently live in New Jersey, and I'm moving out west to uh, San Diego, California. Super excited about that. So, anybody out there, you know, feel free to hit me up and uh, vibe with me. I guess because you know. It's all about the networks and that what you know it's who you know. Yeah. Um uh you can find me so you can find me on Instagram at Dom Jackson Fit, all one word. Uh I'm I don't think I have to spell it. Um you can uh well, find it's, the it's pod- Dom Dom with an M, right? Not yes, Dom. Yes, Dom with okay. an M. Yes, Dom with an M. So yes, yeah, D O M. Jackson like Michael. <laughs> Fit. Um Oh no, it's Dom Jackson Fitness actually. I'm sorry. My Instagram is Dom Jackson Fitness. Maybe I should have spelled it. <laughs> my uh, my Twitter is Dom Jackson Fit. I'm on there, but not nearly as active as my Instagram. Um, you can find me on. You can find my podcast, the Fitness Fundamentals Podcast. Here to take the fear out of fitness. That's the tagline in there. Uh, you can find that um, on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, and I do episodes. I do do episodes weekly with the move. I'm gonna have a little interlude, but um, definitely if you follow me on either Insta, Twitter, or follow me on my podcast, uh, DM me. You know, hit me up if you have any questions. Definitely want to meet all you listeners out there. Um, but yeah, that's 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 me. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, great having you on. Yeah, Dom's a, a cool dude, and uh, we wish him luck. I think he, yeah. you know when he in his move, and yeah. that's a that's a, you know it's exciting, and yeah. I think it's one thing that you can do when you're when you're a young person is exactly. you know just move out. You don't have too many um, too many things holding you back, so just you know go into the, the great wide open and you know do your thing. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, it was a fun episode, um, and a bonus one. So so that's that's how we're gonna yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put it, <laughs> so no one can yell at us about about our rants. Because um, it's a bonus I episode. I think people we like our we rants. Well, yeah. well, people have told us they like yeah. our rants. Yeah, you know, Maybe they're yeah. just being nice. To yeah, us. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it will be interesting to see. But um, but yeah, no, no, we, we're doing a bonus. So um, technically not a cheat meal though, since we did talk fitness. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, yeah. But yeah, we will do more of it. We will do a, a, a an, an extra. Thir- You've been ranting we'll a like, lot recently. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been more ranty and more less caring because I think it used to be more where I would like, ah, let me, you know, just just fitness. But I kind of like. I don't care as much anymore. Not that I want to offend. I try not to offend anybody, but I'm not right. afraid. You know, it's like I'm, I'm less. You say you don't care what people think. Yeah, no, no, well, no, not that. It's, it's that, I, like, I feel like. Um, and I mean, you care what people think. I care what, what people you do, think, but not, not necessarily in terms. But of I don't views. care. Like, I'm not. If somebody's gonna not listen because they're mad at, like, mad at me for an opinion. I'm, that doesn't bother me where I think it would have in the past. And, and not that I want to try to turn people off because we're not, you know, at the end of the day, we're not a politics podcast. But I'm, I, you know, I'm, I used to shy more away from like sharing my own opinions about stuff um, where I just don't have that in me as much. But again, I try to be reasonable. I try to be realistic. And I try, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I have my perspective. Um, and again, we try to do it, you know, I don't try to do it too much. But if it comes up, like um, we didn't release it yet, but we have a little rant where we did an anti-vax we were talking about anti-vaxxers and yeah, same yeah. thing is like no you know like although if that's your belief with like that, that you know for me something like that uh, you know we i feel very strong i know you feel very strongly yeah. and as a fitness um, yeah that that's and well-being and podcast relevant. i actually do feel it is our responsibility to you know to discuss it yeah no it is absolutely so i think something like that like we actually have not that we is legitimate content for the podcast <laughs> where maybe some of the political stuff is, although you, you can always make that argument that it is because we're, we're at the end of the day, we're dealing with health and well being, and yeah. uh, you know, economic distress <laughs> is going to cause oh, sure, a lot sure. of uh, I think damage that, to your I, health. I think that we well-being. did an episode on uh, economic fitness, and I think it was like our lowest rated episode of all time. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, some of it depends. <laughs> like the titles are interesting because some of you think well, people will listen to it, and others, yeah, no, but um. Yeah, well, so just, just look, that's what it all comes down to, right? Just come up with a, a fun clickbait title and um, you know what always works is just putting celebrities' names. I think that's what we'll do. <laughs> we'll just like name celebrities yeah, in the title exactly. and that, that'll work. <laughs> all right, well, you work but we, I shouldn't have mentioned that because people will get wise to us now. Yeah, but Exactly. <laughs> we say a lot. We, 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 we give up our trade secrets quite yeah, often. Yeah. In jest. All right. Well, that's it. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and if you did, leave us a review. <laughs> good if you if you didn't like it, then and good if good if you didn't like it, and good if you you did like it. Yeah, exactly. And gr- no, so good if you didn't like it. Great if you liked it, and amazing if you hated it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, just leave us five stars. Uh, all right. Well, I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And we are the Jimwits. <laughs>